for those who follow government budgets in Virginia. Happy 2023! Fiscal year 2023, that is. To my knowledge, there is no big celebration, but there likely will be a few hiccups here and there as new laws take effect and some cheering as municipal and state employees receive pay increases with a new budget. But for a massive celebration today, you'll have to head north to the border, where it's Canada Day. I'm Sean Tubbs, and I strive to make as many days as possible have a new installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. And so far, I'm one for one for the fiscal year. On today's program, a brief look at new laws that go into effect today. The Virginia Department of Health announces a dashboard to track firearms injuries in the Commonwealth. Charlottesville City Schools expect the bus driver shortage to worsen and are encouraging parents and guardians to think about alternative methods of transport. Charlottesville Area Transit looks at several different kinds of new bus shelters, and the Piedmont Housing Alliance gets another $2 million from the federal government to help subsidize Friendship Court and Southwood Apartments. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, the Rivanna Conservation Alliance wants you to know about some upcoming opportunities to volunteer for the mornings of both July 7th and July 9th, RCA is seeking people to help clean up invasive vines in the Dunlora neighborhood near a recent buffer planting. Clearing out the vines will help protect newly planted trees and is part of a natural forest regeneration project conducted by the Virginia Department of Forestry. RCA will provide gloves and some cutting equipment, or you can bring your own. But please, leave the chainsaws at home. Visit rivannariver.org to learn more. It's the first day of the fiscal year 2023, and July 1st brings with it several changes in rules, regulations, and rates. A whole host of new legislation has gone into effect, according to a status report put together by David Blunt of the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission. You can view his latest update in a link in the newsletter. Here are some of the new things in state government today. Another 37 miles of the middle portion of the James River are now considered scenic, as are another 23.2 miles of the Maury River, as well as an 8.8-mile section of the Shenandoah River. There is now a Forest Sustainability Fund to promote public education about outdoor recreation and forest conservation. The town of Ivor in St. Charles County no longer exists. It is now a Class 6 felony to steal a catalytic converter. There can now be seven judges in Virginia's 31st Judicial Circuit, which covers the area around Manassas. Localities must report potential cybersecurity threats to the Virginia Fusion Intelligence Center. Localities smaller than 40,000 people can now opt out of the Marcus Alert system. And finally, if you're hunting with a dog, the dog is going to need to wear an identification tag. For more on new state laws, read the Associated Press article that's linked in the newsletter. The elimination of the 1.5% state sales tax on groceries does not go into effect until January 1st. (coughs) 
The number of firearm injuries in Virginia that resulted in emergency room visits increased by 9% from 2020 to 2021. That's according to a new dashboard unveiled yesterday by the Virginia Department of Health that tracks the information by age, sex, race, and ethnicity. The data is tracked by counting up the number of times key phrases are used when a patient gives a reason for a visit. The terms include gun with wound, gunshot, buckshot, revolver, rifle, shotgun, firearm, pistol, handgun, bin shot, I was shot, I got shot, or grazed with bullet. A press release points out that emergency room visits for firearms injuries have increased 72% from 2018 to 2021. Since the data set began in January of 2016, 86% of visits for firearm injuries are in males. In 2021, 65% of patients were black, and in 2021, 31% were between the ages of 18 and 24. In the Blue Ridge Health District, there have been 294 visits to emergency rooms for firearm injuries since 2016. The work is covered by a grant to the Virginia Department of Health from the Federal Centers for Disease Control to help improve public health surveillance of firearm injuries. That's according to a release. For acronym fans, the CDC program is known as Firearm Injury Surveillance Through Emergency Rooms, or FASTER. The dashboard does not yet extend to hospitalizations and deaths, but that's expected later this year. Those who are going to go take a look at the data are reminded to review a list of limitations with what's known as syndromic surveillance. It's another holiday weekend during the era of COVID-19, and Virginia remains on a plateau of a high number of current cases. The 7-day percent positivity for PCR tests is 20.5%. That's up from 17.4% on June 23rd. Today, the Virginia Department of Health reports another 3,393 new cases. That's based on PCR tests and does not include at-home tests. Dr. Kosti Safri is the Director of Hospital Epidemiology at the University of Virginia Health System. There is still a fair amount of disease in the community. We're certainly seeing that with our, with um, you know, our our staff. In fact, there are a fair number of people that are out right now because they have COVID, and you know, it's 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 frustrating. Dr. Sifri said many have already had COVID and are vaccinated, but COVID nineteen continues to mutate with new strains. However, vaccination has led to less severe cases. Dr. Reed Adams is the chief medical officer for UVA Health. What we are not seeing is people getting critically ill like they were before. So um, the fact that folks are vaccinated has made a huge difference in how um, the disease presents. According to the VDH, nearly 83 percent of the adult population in Virginia is fully vaccinated. There is a seven-day average of 3,000 doses administered a day. Dr. Sifri said this is a good time to get a booster if you have not done so. He also said a panel of the Food and Drug Administration is encouraging vaccine manufacturers to continue development of new versions of the vaccine that can combat the latest variant of the Omicron strain. Dr. Sifri said people should not wait. I would advocate if you're um, eligible for a booster, it's been a long time since your body has seen the spike protein Um It's a good time now to get it to prevent getting um, infection. Visit vaccinatevirginia.gov to schedule an appointment.
The U.S. Treasury Department has awarded $2 million to the Piedmont Housing Alliance through its Community Development Financial Institutions Fund. Senators Mark Warner and Tim Kaine made the announcement in late June. The funding comes specifically from the Treasury Department's Capital Magnet Fund. In a release, Piedmont Housing Alliance officials said the funding would provide gap funding for the second phase of Friendship Court, as well as the 206 apartments the agency is building at Southwood to satisfy the terms of funding for Habitat for Humanity of Greater Charlottesville received from the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors and the Economic Development Authority. Here's a section from that release. High development and construction costs, high land and acquisition costs, and limited subsidy resources translate to significant funding gaps for affordable housing developments. Without adequate subsidies, it is virtually impossible to build affordable housing. In the fiscal year that begins today, the city of Charlottesville is providing an additional $2.5 million to the Piedmont Housing Alliance for the second phase of Friendship Court. Another $10.25 million in city funding for Friendship Court is expected from fiscal year 24 through fiscal year 27. The adopted capital improvement program for Charlottesville also shows nearly $5 million in city subsidies for two other affordable housing projects in fiscal year 24. Both of those are located on Park Street and were rezoned by city council earlier this year. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's house-fueled public service announcement, the Albemarle Charlottesville Historical Society wants you to know about an upcoming exhibit at the Center at Belvedere, featuring portraits of several historical figures active in the Charlottesville area in the 1970s and 1980s. Frances Brand was a folk artist who painted nearly 150 portraits of what she considered first including the first black mayor of Charlottesville, Charles Barber, and Nancy O'Brien, the first woman to be the mayor of Charlottesville. Brand's work will be on display from July 5th to August 31st in the first public exhibit since 2004. And if you'd like to help conduct community research into who some of the people in the portraits are and were, Sevilpedia is looking for volunteers. I will be leading four Sevilpedia 101 training sessions at the center for free every Monday beginning July 11th at 2 p.m. You can sign up at the center's website or drop me a line and let me know what you think. Two more segments to go today and they both pertain to buses. There are 54 days until Charlottesville City Schools begin the next academic year. The school system is seeking assistance and input on alternative methods of getting students to school as an ongoing transportation crisis continues. A website has been set up to provide information in advance that states that, As we look to fall 2022, our school bus challenges appear to be worse, not better. That will likely mean the elimination of several more routes. The website states that the city's efforts to incentivize new drivers by increasing pay and offering bonuses is not working out. As such, the city wants to get parents ready for potential alternatives. These could include supporting walking in expanded walk zones, encouraging use of public transportation, collaborating with community partners to support biking, and adding mini school buses, hopefully electric. 
The first of several listening sessions will be held next Wednesday at West Haven, with others scheduled for later in the month at Friendship Court and Hearthwood Apartments. As it seeks to find new drivers for itself, Charlottesville Area Transit is also working to redesign its bus shelters. The agency has hired the firm Wendell Companies to come up with a customized template, and the Regional Transit Partnership got a briefing on the work last month. Gina Streit is with Wendell Companies. We're really looking at how to look at transit holistically, how to encourage people to take transit. Part of what makes people want to take public transportation is having a place to wait for the bus, having amenities while you are there, having a system that reflects their need. Three concepts for the future shelters have been designed, one of which mimics the design of the downtown transit station on Water Street. Streit recommends benches be present in all shelters, as well as space for wheelchairs. She also suggests one modular design with easy-to-replace parts due to the possibility of vandalism. We also are looking at a way to incorporate local artists or local communities into the stops to be able to help yourself as you're riding along in the bus as well as you're passing these shelters, seeing different art, seeing different color schemes perhaps as part of that art panel so that you can say, okay, I've driven by that really cool fruit graphic. The partnership was asked to provide feedback. There was no specific information provided about how much each would cost or how much of a budget CAT has to install the shelters. However, Strite said they have researched costs, and all three options are in the same basic price range. One member of the partnership said she was concerned about the practicality of some of the shelters. Here's Albemarle Supervisor B. Lepisto Kirtley. I love all the designs, but once again, it's a question of uh, taxpayers' dollars. And the artwork, I think, is great if we can afford it. But I like simple, I like... Lepisto Kirtley's colleague, Supervisor Diantha McKeel, said she has been working with CAT Director Garland Williams on the idea of incorporating artwork into some bus shelters. That artwork would need to be funded privately by neighborhoods. We wouldn't be using dollars, right? So, you know, the murals that I put up on Georgetown and Barracks and Hydraulic, they all privately funded. So that's what we'd be talking about with art. McKeel said it was crucial that the shelters provide relief from the sun and rain. You can watch that entire conversation at YouTube. The Jefferson Area Regional Transit Partnership meetings are available. There's a link in the newsletter. Go take a look. I also had an article recently outlining that CAT needs six new drivers in order to be able to entertain the first phase of a reorientation of the city's bus system routes. And it is now time for the end of this episode of Charlottesville Community Engagement, number 403. Thank you very much to all who have contributed uh, through Substack, through Patreon, through moral support, by not throwing eggs. Uh, Please don't throw eggs. Um, And I really want to thank you for listening to this one. I do hope you appreciate the fact that it is July 1st. It is Canada Day. course, I did spend one year living in Calgary, Alberta, about 22, 23 years ago. 
And I can tell you right now that if it had not been for that experience, there likely would not be a Charlottesville community engagement. Things were a little different there. And when I came back after that year, I decided to get back to journalism. I had given up on the career that I had started. And here I am, 23, 22 years later, uh, here still in Charlottesville and doing this work. And of course, if you like it, please support it. You may or may not know how at this point, but of course, I just do want to put a plug in for Ting. They will match your initial payment. So if you subscribe through Substack, that money comes to me as well, which is grateful because it takes a lot of time and effort and money to produce Charlottesville Community Engagement. And that's what Town Crier Productions has been formed to do. I'm Sean Tubbs, ready to get on with the rest of the weekend. The next thing you will see from me will be the week ahead and the government glance. The government glance is available on a different Substack, but of course it's all linked, all part of the same thing. And then there will be another episode of Charlottesville Community Engagement, likely on Tuesday. I've already started writing up the script because there's so much going on. And unfortunately that will mean I'll be two for five for the fiscal year. I'm Sean Tubbs, thank you very much, and goodbye, see you again. That's how they say it in Canada. (laughs) 